You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Uh, welcome to the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert. Me and Brandon Atkins flying solo. What's going on, Man, son? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we can make it through the day. I don't know if we can fill two hours, but we're going to do our we best. We can. It's been a long time since we've tried. I feel like I need to pour a drink out for my homies. I don't know, man. Trent. I feel like we should pull a love seat in here and just us jump into it. You don't know what you have until it's gone. Trent's gone. He and he's. Gone. But for those of you who are worried, there's not been an accident. No. Trent didn't get fired. Nope. Although we could fire him by the end of the day because. If we're going to fire him, it would have to be on his day off, right? No, nah, Denver got beat by Miami. That's what's going on. We need to on. be nice. <laughs> That's what's going we on. We need to be nice. So Trent's up in the Queen City up in Cincinnati, man. And uh, I don't know that he was at the Bengals game Monday night, but if he was, his – God. You know what? I, I'm going to tell you this. I know everybody in America watched the game on Monday night and they saw the Bengals. Bengals played a great first half and wound up in the second half imploding like they always do against Pittsburgh. Brandon, do you think it's possible that when Ben Roethlisberger's inducted into the Football Hall of Fame that Marvin Lewis does his induction speech? Would Maybe. that be would that be okay? Or somebody with the Cleveland nah, association? Cleveland. It's not as fun for Pittsburgh to beat Cleveland because Cleveland's been horrible forever. Cincinnati that division, the AFC North, is funny. And you and I had this conversation last night, anybody out there that doesn't pay that close attention to the AFC North. The three teams there, the Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, people don't realize how evenly matched those teams have been over the last 10 years. And they've you know, they've spread it around as to who's winning. The, the Steelers and Ravens obviously have gone on to win Super Bowls. The Bengals have imploded in the playoffs where Marvin Lewis remains winless over the entire 14 years that he's been there in Cincinnati. But the Bengals have been good most of those years. Yeah. They own the Ravens. They beat the Ravens week in, week out when they play them. That's just how it goes. The Ravens usually find a way to get past Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh absolutely 100% owns Cincinnati. And I don't know if you've ever seen the, the documentary on Netflix. It's called The Secret. Have you seen it? Mm, I don't think so. I've seen it's that about one. the power of attraction in the universe. Oh. And okay. how, you know, all of the forces in the universe attract things. That sounds like big sexy. Something like that. I no, I well, don't I mean, know. Universe attracted to each other. Well, here's here's the thing is that the premise is put forth is that if you think about or you speak of or you do things about money, for instance. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the universe, you know, the vibrations pick up in money, and ultimately, money is going to find its way to you. Really? Success. Yeah, yeah. And it, it works in both positive and negative ways. Tar Heels, championships. And and you know Tar what? If Hills, enough people feel that, it's going to come to pass. And that's my point, is on Monday night, everybody in black and gold across the country knew Steelers are going to find a way to win this thing. All right, let's talk about and that. every Bengal fan in the country knew, uh, here we go again. I don't want to get you off topic, but do you think Tim Kopis goes, fine leather jackets, fine leather jackets? No, what, he, he says no yes. that's not what happens. Tim Kopis spent years meditating, thinking, Overachieve in marriage. Overachieve in marriage. And it came to pass. And that explains why everybody, this dude, on on his anniversary, every year on Facebook, I post the same thing. Oh, it's the annual Tim Copas is the luckiest guy alive. Because I can't, there's no other rationale for how he overachieved his in marriage. His gravestone's going to say, outkicked my coverage. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Everybody in the world knew that when Pittsburgh was down by 10 in the fourth quarter that they were going to come back. It's over. And somehow that the Steelers, you know, Steelers were going to come out. The one thing I take away from this game, and this is something I was hearing on, I want to say Mike and Mike, but now it's the Golick and Trey Wingo show. But um, they're talking about – how dangerous the game is, is this some news flash that we're all getting now? And I'm kind of tired of hearing it because these guys get paid a gazillion dollars to play the game that they love. And yes, you're going to get hurt. But when you're, when the narrative is like, Oh, what do we got to do? Like maybe he shouldn't have put his head down on this play. And I'm driving by people up on power lines working for, I don't know, minimum wage. When storms come through, working with the power lines or police and firemen and all this other stuff, getting very small wages, we like football because it is a violent sport. Otherwise, it would not be interesting. Well, right? listen, what we heard last night were the words disgusting and awful. And you know what? I guarantee that in 2018, the Bengals and Steelers will be in the primetime lineup again. Yeah. The the networks they play this up and you watch it and they talk about how disgusting it is and how violent it is. They love it. And you know what? If they're not paying attention, that is AFC North football. And that's just how it is. And when the Bengals and Steelers play, whether it's at one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, or it's on Sunday night, or Monday night, or Thursday night, they're gonna beat the crap out of each other. Well, and it's football. It's right? football. Can we? I understand constantly trying to do the research and look at the numbers and test and stuff to try to make it safer. But like you said, when you go through the entire telecast, calling the game and talk, call, and I understand. I hope Shazier gets better soon. They're moving him, which is a good sign. If he wasn't feeling, you know, stuff in his extremities, and if they weren't moving him, I would be like having a whole different conversation. But at it, it, the end of the day, people get hurt doing low wage jobs all the time. We tune in because, yeah, there's a certain amount of athleticism 
and skill there, but it is a rough game that we like. That's why we tune in, right? It is a rough game. However, the question was asked last night during or on Monday night with the postgame press conference. Marvin Lewis was asked, should these players be policing one another? Yes. You're taught. We, we, we went through a period. Here's the problem, and, and here's what's up with head injuries. I played youth football in the 80s. Spearing was a penalty. Yep. Spearing came off the books, and we stopped. Helmet technology got better, and you've got a generation of players that learned to use their helmet as a weapon. Yep. Ryan Shazier, God, I hope he's okay. Yeah, me too. I really do, and and during the game, you and I talked about it. He's literally one of my favorite Buckeyes of all time. He was so much fun to wait, watch in college. I was distraught when he went to Pittsburgh because yep. I knew he'd be torturing the Bengals for years. But Ryan Shazier led with his helmet and hurt himself. The same thing that David Pollock did for Cincinnati a few years ago, and thankfully was not paralyzed but ended his career. Yeah. Ryan Shazier, though, rewind to three years ago in the playoffs – Gio Bernard got hit by Ryan Shazier exactly like that, where Ryan Shazier hit him with the crown of his helmet right up under his face mask, and he knocked him out. And you saw during the telecast, they said, well, the NFL changed the rules. The NFL didn't change that rule. Right. You've never been allowed to lead with the crown of your helmet. And when you go high like that now, hey, NCAA, that is targeting. Yeah. The shot that Juju Smith-Schuster put on Vontez Perfect, Bontez Perfect yep. that NCAA is targeting. Yep. That's what needs to be legislated. The crap that they're calling in college football games right now is just a matter of the game being very fast and very physical. Well, but these guys, these NFL players, the Smith-Schuster hit in particular, he lined him up. He came at him. He could have hit him in the midsection. He could have in the he could have hit him in the chest, and probably would have knocked Burfick out for a couple plays. Smith Schuster decided, "I'm going to hit this guy on a peelback block, which is illegal, and then I'm going to stand over him." And we hear, "Oh, it's disgusting." I don't remember anybody over the course of the weekend talking about Rob Gronkowski's let me, little punk move. Let me tell you something, though. The the person I felt worse for when they handed out a one game suspension is that holding the one game. They're yeah, just, it's yeah. Well, he's going to appeal it, but it is a it's a one game suspension for Gronkowski. The person I felt worse for was Gronkowski because if he had gotten five or six, it would have died down, and he would have easily gotten back in. I guess for the playoffs, and it would have been quiet. But you're talking about the players policing themselves. Let me tell you something. Gronk's head better be on a swivel. Dude, if you think Gronk's head needs to be on a swivel, Juju Smith-Schuster has got a long career ahead of him. If you think he's not a marked man, the next time they play Cincinnati and every other time he plays against Cincinnati for the next 10 years, yeah. brother, somebody is going to light him up, whether it's Perfect or Iloka, if they get a shot – those guys are notorious for it. And and the NFL and the telecast, they're told, well, it's disgusting. There's no place for this. Dude, they're right. There's no place for this. But there's also no place for Pittsburgh breaking Kevin Huber's jaw. The punter 
several years ago and knocking him out for the season. Hines Ward on a cheap shot, cheap shot peel back block where he went helmet up under the face mask, broke Keith Rivers' jaw, and essentially ruined his career. Dude, Kimo von Allhoffen in 2005 went low and tore Carson Palmer's knee up. It's part of the culture between the Bengals and the Steelers. Just think about it's what you just said. Is. Just think about what you just said. You make a great point with Hines Ward. Think about how celebrated he was when he was in the game. He was a tough guy. And now, how would he be viewed? He'd be dirty as all get I, out, I, right? I can tell you, I don't think that he would. We make these arbitrary decisions on who's a tough guy and who is a, a cheap shot artist. And we do it in every aspect. Look at this this weekend. Tom Brady berating his offensive coordinator on the sideline. Yep. Well, look at the fiery leadership. Cam Newton does it. Cam Newton's a punk. We make we make these decisions where the activity is the same based on how we decide to interpret it. Had bon, had Vontez Perfect hit somebody the way Gronkowski did this weekend, he'd have been suspended for a year. And there's and perfect is not the only one out there. There are guys that are known, quote unquote, as you know, cheap or dirty or whatever the case might be. And the NFL comes down on these guys like a ton of bricks. In the meantime, Josh Gordon's back playing for the Cleveland Browns this weekend. You know, a guy that hadn't been able to stay in trouble, stay out of trouble. You've got these guys, and you look at it. You can't have it both ways. It, it really is frustrating. But it just is how our culture is. The thing with Brady and Cam Newton yeah. is so glaringly obvious. And I guess Cam Newton doesn't have the track record that Tom Brady does. Right. But nobody's ever willing to, to criticize Brady. Right. And, and when you're wrong, you're wrong. Well, first of all, and I love him because he plays for my Panthers, but Cam can be a punk sometimes. But you're absolutely right. He'll do the exact same thing as Tom Brady. Tom Brady's fiery. Cam's a punk. You're absolutely Phillip right. Rivers. I've never heard anybody call him a punk. So are we talking about, a? you know, is this a racist thing? Ooh. I mean, or is it just a matter of the, the overall perception? I think about it. How many times have you seen Phillip Rivers show his behind? I've never heard anybody call him a thug or a punk. Yep. We'll see you on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WDCC and WBLZ. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris Lambert. Brandon Atkins is with me, and Diamond Dave Kaplan has appeared out of nowhere. Out of it's somewhere. It's kind of crazy, man. He it, teleported in. It was all The right. way David comes in, it's like the puff of smoke, and he's there. Yeah. You know? I just walked down in dark hallway. Well, I heard I him appear. before I saw him. So. Yeah. You can always, you know it's David when he's like, yeah, let's go ahead and close that deal today. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? I I just don't feel like you have enough yet. You need yeah. to get you some more. 
<laughs> Make sure you're taken care of. Speaking of which, I need to talk to y'all. After. See, okay. he's relentless, man. He, he he sold me a policy a while back. I don't even know what I bought. I'm yeah. sure it's really good. Yeah. I just I don't know. And I love Dave to death, but I just get tired of him calling me. I think yeah. that that last one he sold you was he's the beneficiary. <laughs> it may well be. <laughs> that's pretty check. illegal. I need to get a yeah. third party review. <laughs> Unless we're related, that's pretty illegal. Mm. So. You know, just in kidding. Europe, that's a thing. What's that? That's a thing. You can go buy a policy on somebody else. Yeah. So what? It's a it's a racket. But what happens in parts of Europe is you've got these gangster types that right. will go out and they will they will they prey on um, drug users. Oh, yeah, it's a real thing. And they'll go out and they'll throw them a couple cat, you know, a couple bucks, have them buy a policy and make. These guys are the beneficiary. How do they pass the physical if they're all jacked up? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. There are some policies where if you can stay alive for two years and it's a pretty low face amount that they don't need a physical. Wow. But you, but but they're still giving you material misrepresentation because I'm sure the, there's a question about drug use on the, on the application. That's, uh, so welcome to know. the who, Cheap who Seat Insurance right. Hour with Chris who, Brandon. Who and knows Dave. what uh, they do in Europe? That's not. We're not talking about lofty, lofty goals. There. Can you live for two years? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sign on the yeah. dotted line. Hey Tim, go. what's that tie look like today? Let me see it. Is it matching the shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very, yeah, Just check. See, I'm, I'm trying to figure out because I would be disappointed if if I found out that Tim was buying these as a set. You know the set that you get at, at Belk. Oh, it's oh yeah. Belk. yeah, yeah. You no, get no, and there's nothing wrong with that. Day. I'm not trying to disparage Belk. It's a North Carolina-owned business, but I, I think there's a next level where you actually buy a shirt and you have ties that complement right. it. I think that's something. If you buy it in a package, was it Saddlebrook or something like that? Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Dave 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 and and I'm, I, I'm not saying that's what he's got on. First of all, he doesn't have on the leather jacket. He just took it he off. Took oh, it he took it off. Yeah, okay. it's there. It got hot in here. And but that does look like a p- potential set. It really does. It does. I'd rather go that route. <laughs> I like bought a suit at Cannons in Raleigh. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you take I, a mortgage out on that? I no. can't even afford the socks. There. Someone, <laughs> someone talked to me into that who was close to me at the time. And I was like, well, good. Can I drive this out of here? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it was that much. So I'd yeah. rather go the Saddlebrook. You know, I think I think Farm Bureau Bank will finance those suits. Jeez, <laughs> I'll have that till the, I'll be buried in that. Some you know that thing. There you go. Hopefully, nice. no time soon. Any no, embroidery? At on least it? I got at least two years, right? So you know, at some point today, we're going to roll in and we're going to talk about college football and the playoff. And my head's probably going to explode. I know, right? But in the meantime, I want to talk about New York football. New York football. Ben. Hey, Royal Rumble. He's gone. You've been calling for it for a while. Royal Rumble occurred, and Eli Manning won. Ben McAdoo is out. Jerry Reese, the GM, out. And guess who's starting a quarterback for the Giants this week? Not Geno. No. no. Not Davis Webb. No. Eli. What Eli. a waste Back of time. Like. Right? What a waste of time in us thinking about this whole thing. You know, everybody knew Ben McAdoo was a joke, right? With the slick back hair and stuff. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I, I, was was it not starting Eli? Was that the final straw? Well, here's, or was he, it finally the hair got Well, here's the, my question. <laughs> my question is, if ownership wasn't on board with sitting Eli Manning down, what were these cats thinking about? Maybe they set him up. 
Yeah. And then you don't start them. Oh my gosh. Okay. Final straw. Right? Yeah. I mean, did ownership say, "Yeah, we're okay with it," and then not see the backlash coming? However, let's dial this back just a little bit because I'm Steve Young. What does Steve Young call him? Eli Manning's a gentleman warrior. Okay. You know, yeah. G- Eli Manning's so classy. Eli is this. Eli is that. Let's let's make sure that we're a hundred percent on the same page. Keep it one hundred, Chris. Let's keep it one hundred. Eli Manning is the same kid that 15 years ago told the Chargers, nah, <laughs> nah dog, Mm-mm. y'all can trade me. I'm not playing for the San Diego Chargers. Don't we remember this? Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember this. He was using all that Peyton cred. And I'm right. not trying to be held accountable for anything I said or did at 22 years old, but let's not forget that that happened. Because to treat this as if Eli's been the most graceful, classy professional there's ever been, when your career starts like that and you tell a professional franchise, hey, I know you just invested the entire future in me, but I'm not down. And and here's a question I have. Wouldn't you rather go to San Diego than right? New York? I mean, who, anyway, I mean who knows? There are not, I mean, it was probably New York, coaching and New York may well be well, the greatest city in the world. No NFL team wants to be in San Diego. <laughs> so. That's true. Yeah. But – of all the places in the country, if I had to choose to live as a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, how could San Diego not be at the top of the list? Right. If you Come want on. to screen taxes, I mean, he would have wanted to go to Florida or something. Well, I, mean, I mean, New York's still going to have high right? taxes. Right. That's yeah. the other thing, too, is is I don't understand why more people don't understand what you just said. It's amazing to me that the Florida and Illinois and Texas franchises are not the best in every sport. Right. All the time. I prefer the Anchorman pronunciation, San Diego. <laughs> Stay classy, Brandon. Where does that come from? <laughs> I'm in the middle of talking about money, and you break out Will Ferrell. Yeah. That's not fair, dude. San Diego. Yeah. What does that mean in Spanish? <laughs> what Never did mind. he say? I forget. Moving along, I forget <laughs> what he said. But, yeah, you're right. You, you know got- how sometimes you set me up and you ask me a question, and I don't know the answer to it, and I just kind of cut my eyes at it, and, and I just send that unspoken message to you. I'm like, what are, what well, are you doing? Okay. You just did that to yourself. Okay, I did do that. Um, New York sports, they I'm mind-boggled right now because they seem to treat their football players different than their baseball players. We've talked about that before. They Derek Jeter could have played in New York for another 40 years and hit a buck sixty. And made 55 errors a week and still would have been a god. He'd be rolling out the shortstop in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yes. And they'd have been talking about the captain. The what, captain. A, what, a, what a guy. What a gritty guy. What a leader. And it, let's keep it 100 since this the 100 <laughs> segment of the, the show. I think that's the title of this show. <laughs> but I, Eli got lucky beating the Patriots two t- those two Super right. Bowls. Let's not – Get it twisted, okay? He got lucky. Yeah. But he won. That's all but that matters. Won. That's right. So you bring two Super Bowls to New York with underachieving teams. I think he until he's in a wheelchair. I mean, if he wants to start. He should have never been put in that situation. And the way he has handled it, and I feel like personally, as big of a joke as Ben McAdoo is, I think he was kind of like, he was the canary that was sent into the cave, dude. He was like the point man. Let's see how this goes. They're tanking. Um, let's see. But why do you want to see Gino? I can't think that that was Ben's decision in a vacuum. There's no right. way 
no way that he had the stones <laughs> in a vacuum to say, you know what? Two Super Bowl rings, Hall of Fame, 210-game starting streak. Yeah, I'm going to sit this cat. There's no way that happened. So you're right. I don't know if if ownership set him up and they're like, how can we like justify this? How can right. we make him the bad guy? How can we do this? And set him up and we're like, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and start Geno Smith? So, did the Giants think they were the Tennessee Volunteers? Like, what if Geno had won that game? Does Ben get to keep his job? They're still not going to the playoffs. How stupid is that? None of it makes any sense. Well, it was the first mid-season coaching change in, since 1928 or something. For the Giants. For the Giants, yeah. Oh. So, I mean, it's, there, it's a little bit of a precedence there, being yeah. that in modern history that hadn't, hadn't occurred. So... I think they were looking for a change now rather than waiting until the end of the year. I think I and think that, that stat is less impressive than it sounds. And I'd like to peel that back because when you look at it, mid-season changes in the NFL are not very common. I would venture to right. say that probably more than half of the teams in the NFL haven't changed coaches at, at, in the middle of the season. But I don't know. The, the situation in, in New York, it's kind of mind-boggling to, to steal a, a – line from Brandon a little bit while ago. Ben McAdoo never should have been the head coach. Mm. And it was pretty obvious pretty early on this guy shouldn't be the head coach. He managed to hold the job for 16 plus 13 or 12, 28 weeks. That's a long time. 28 games that he should have never had in the first place. But Ben McAdoo's out the door. I don't know who the next high-profile guy is, but it will be. How is he going to afford all that product now that he puts in his? Oh, I'm sure he's got a oh, nice yeah. severance package. No, I'm sure they had to I buy mean, him he out, doesn't, right? Getting fired by the by NFL team when you're a head coach, you're still finishing that contract, buddy. He'll and, be – who knows what he'll be doing. Maybe he'll go out to San Diego and do what Eli Manning didn't have the good sense to do. Well, how funny is and, it that – Geno Smith got mad about what Rex Ryan said about him. Like, hey, he's a that nice guy, funny. but I wouldn't want him as a quarterback. All right, Rex is just being 100. Like, this show's theme is he kept it 100, and then Geno comes back with, like, he calls Rex Ryan a coward, and you drafted me, and we busted our butt. Excuse me, that's what you're getting paid to do is go out there and play football? Okay, but the question is, the real question that you have to ask yourself, and for those at home that didn't hear the Geno Smith press conference, he said, Rex Ryan, that, that coach was a coward. We saved that guy's job in 2013, and then he, didn't, then he said he didn't want me as a quarterback. I'm trying to figure out how long Geno Smith had waited to have a chance to say that because it didn't even fit in the context of the rest of his press conference. And rather than talking about the fact that they went out there and laid another egg, and now they're two and ten, and they right. might be the worst team in football, he was like, "I've been waiting four years. This might be my last chance. This might be it." He saw the writing on the wall, so maybe we've answered our own question. Maybe the players knew, and 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 Ben McAdoo got set up. I don't know. I it was a the- dumb idea. The last thing I'll say about this Giants thing is, if you were going to sit Eli Manning. The way to have made this a non-issue would have been to start Davis Webb, the rookie quarterback Absolutely. that they drafted. Right, right, right. Then you say, well, we're looking. Dude, we didn't need to look at yeah, Geno Smith. Yeah, yeah. Geno Smith's been bad for a long, long, long time. He, he well, done been in New York. You know, we've seen him. 
Go ahead, Dave. Giants uh, fire Ben McAdoo, obviously. We're talking about that. Jim Harbaugh, Josh McDaniels among the potential candidates. It screens Professor Trent. Both of those guys. Wow. Wow. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WDCC and WBLZ. We'll see you on the other side. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, got fame, fast cars and everything. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats, second half hour. I don't even know what we've talked about the first time through. But I know that for our WDCC folks, we have got to get into the playoff conversation because once it starts, I we'll probably be talking about it six hours. Hold up, we need like we need we need like Big Brother. We need a twenty four seven cam in here, and we should just sit for a week and talk about the national championship playoff. And I do want to I want to say I have to acknowledge because as the graphic popped up. And I think as the pixels were taking shape for that fourth team in the playoffs, before it even flashed completely on the screen, I got about 30 texts from different people who were like, you were wrong! Yeah. Let me tell you something. I called – no, Chris called me right when they were working on the graphics. They were trying to build the graphics. And I'm like, dude – you need to be turning on the TV to ESPN right now. He was like, what, what? They're doing it now? I was like, yeah. You need to – and I, honestly, I was telling him he needed to go watch it, but I didn't want to be on the phone with him when it popped up. That is <laughs> absolutely 100% what happened, and I couldn't understand why he was shuffling me off the phone because Brandon and I talked half a dozen times a day. He knew yep. what was going to happen. And he did not want to be a part of it, and it was probably wise. Right. Even my wife got up and left the room. Yeah. Knowing what was about to knowing I one wanted, of two things was gonna happen. One, I was gonna be like, What? No, I did yeah, not yeah. want to hear that high pitched just cry that was gonna come out of your pocket. <laughs> there was nothing that was gonna come out of my body that was gonna be high pitched, I promise. But no, it was I'm I, I I can't say I'm amazed. I will say this. If the selection committee wanted to put the second-best team in the SEC into the national playoff championship, they got it wrong. Auburn just beat Alabama two weeks ago pretty convincingly. I don't think anybody else walked out of there and were like, well, a couple of breaks, Bama could have got them. No, they got beat up and down the field. Yeah, but they have three losses. So, 
All right, let's talk about this for a second. Because you're you're talking about this. I've everybody's overthought this by now. Right. My head is exploding now and you're a much bit bigger football fan than even I am. I have a couple of theories. Number one, you can talk about it, but let me get my second one out. They wanna do they wanna do Clemson Alabama three. That's a scenario. Right. That everybody will tune in. If if you're a casual football fan, non football fan, you're gonna tune in for that one. The other thing is they didn't want to choose between a USC and Ohio State, which some could make the argument the USC, and Chris, you made this argument, had a better track record than Ohio State. They didn't want to pick between the Big 12 and the Big 10. Right. So they kind of did – everybody's given the selection committee like all these kudos, like, oh, you, you didn't – you know, cater to some fan base, blah, blah, blah. You did what you thought was right. I test. If I hear I test again in the next year, I'm going to kill somebody. But they put Alabama in. And for me, I think that's an easy selection for the committee. An easy one. Because then you're not picking a conference over a conference. You're just – and Chris made the comment <laughs> – somebody made the comment yesterday, let's go to an 18 playoff. I made that comment. We don't even have four legit teams for the playoff. That was the problem they had, right. the selection committee. There was only three worthy teams all year long. My, so my, they had to split hairs. Go ahead, dude. My point with an eight-team playoff is I would have loved to have seen their rankings change. They had USC at eighth. I don't know if y'all noticed that. Okay. At eighth. They had Auburn at seventh, which I don't think they put. And that's probably right quite honestly, but I don't think the selection committee puts Auburn at seventh if there's an 18-team playoff because I don't think they want a three-loss team in it. Listen. And I think the point was that they preferred a one-loss team over a two-loss team, and that that was the bottom line. And they thought Alabama could beat Clemson, who's ranked number one, and they thought Alabama could beat Ohio State. Well, there are power rankings that I saw in the crawl the other day, and and the uh, sexy pick has become Alabama over Clemson. Right. Listen here. <laughs> no, I'm not a hundred percent certain how I think anybody or how I understand how Alabama's gonna score on Clemson. That Alabama offense is not very good. So we're gonna see. Alabama's gonna get their shot. Let me yeah. tell you what the problem is here, guys. This is what you're leaving out of the equation. Ohio State got punished. Last year, the selection committee decided we're going to take what we feel is the best team out of the Big Ten, right. even though they didn't win the Big Ten. They took that team out of the Big Ten, got criticism from across the country, and then they got from waxed. me included, who's a huge Ohio State fan. Ohio State didn't belong in. Penn State should have been in, period. Right. But then Ohio State, what happened? They got whooped. They got blasted. Right. So – the committee looked and said, look, we gave these guys the benefit of the doubt once. We set a precedent where for the first time we put a non-conference champion into the playoff. Well, this year they were faced with a precedent. One way or the other, they had to set a precedent. Yeah. Because had they put Ohio State in, you've got your first two-loss team in. Had they put USC in, you've got your first two-loss team. Or they could double up and take a one-loss non-conference champion and put them in there. That had, and that's the that's not we, the only. Which they've done that before. Well, they had but done they that. They didn't do it from the same conference. They didn't do it from the same conference, 
And they've never chosen a team that lost this late. Right. In the, in That's the, true. In in the uh, well, think about think of how about how brilliant what they did is. And if you don't think the selection committee thinks about their image, how is Urban Meyer going to complain about a non-conference champion getting in when they did the same thing the year prior? He right. has no complaint. He could go to nothing. Right. He could. Well, and and, and I would say a couple of things. If Penn State got in last year, it could have been a different story this year. I Absolutely. think it would have been. And then yeah. secondly. Let's go back to your coaching argument. We have proven that not only can uh, Saban coach on the field, he's a hell of a coach off the field too. And he's on ESPN uh, on Saturday morning on game day, and he's up there lobbying, and he looks confident. He looks like he's going to get in. He's basically got his arms crossed, and he said, we'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens. He knew if one of those teams lost, he was in. He knew it. Last year the mantra was that Ohio State had been – glossed by the selection committee and they got taken care of the selection committee stared it down and if they were going to set a precedent this year it wasn't going to be ohio state i honestly thought that when all was said and done that ohio state earned their way in by beating wisconsin in the big 10 championship i totally agree it's hard to argue with could ohio state beat alabama on a neutral field i don't know i'd love to see that game as would everybody else in America, which is why, in the end, here within the next, I don't know, 18 months, there will be an announcement the national championship playoff is going to expand. And I don't know if it's going to be to eight teams or if it's going to be to six. But let me tell you something. If they expand this to eight teams or even six teams, in my mind's eye, being a conference champ has to be right. priority. Five. There's five picks right there. Five. If you've got eight, and this is this is what I'm appealing to the NCAA. Yeah. Take eight slots, five Power Five conference champions. Reserve one slot for the group of six, which this year would have been UCF. Right. Other years might be Notre Dame. Hey, can I make a real quick comment about UCF? Go ahead. Going back to my point about how brilliant this committee is about their image. Do you see who their bowl game is against? Yeah. Auburn's going to beat the pants off of UCF, and everybody in the world knows it. And that's a way for them to justify them not even having to have a discussion. I would have much rather seen UCF get USC or somebody like that. Auburn is a good ball club. As long as they're up for it. and They should be. They should be. I mean, Miles on, he's already saying all the right things. Like, he is – He's got that. They're gonna. Auburn's gonna be in the discussion for the next as long as he's there. What an amusing conference championship game, though. I mean, it was that was the best game of the weekend. But did you see the UCF Memphis game? No. Oh, y'all were y'all were texting about it. I didn't feel like I needed the most (laughs) entertaining game of the weekend. One of the best games of football you ever want to see. Fun. UCF is playing. They're almost. They're like watching. Remember when the Houston Cougars used to right, run the yeah. run and shoot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. They're like, okay, we're just going to go down and score again. You want to go on? And yeah. it's just a track meet up and down the field. Brandon, it made me think that is the league that Fedora needs to be in. Really? I mean, that's the type of football he oh, wants. Yeah. Everybody scoring. Score, score, score. Yeah, or the Big so. 12. But, but they're going to get smacked in the face by Auburn. They're, well, they are. I mean, it's not even going to be. I'd have liked to seen USC or another Pac-12 team. They could have played Washington. Yeah. I'd like to see them play against a team from out west or even the Big 12. 
put them out there where nobody plays defense because UCF can score with those guys. But just think about how smart that was. They were like, okay, yeah, all these savvy. UCF yeah, savvy. fans, yeah. there's not that many, I'm sure. I'm just kidding, UCF. But of all the people that would complain about, well, they didn't lose any games. How are you going to put Alabama in with one and you got a zero loss team in UCF? All right, we'll just put them against Auburn. Be careful, That'll though, solve that. because right. think back. We had a period in time where you had the Power Five conferences dominating college football, and it was always Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Boise State. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they had a run. Before Boise State, I mean, you can look back to BYU. There's always been one of those teams that was sort of on the cusp. UCF, I don't think, is going to be that team. Nah, Scott Frost, yeah. him going to Nebraska was the most obvious thing in the world that was going to happen. Yep. He's not going to be there for the game. That usually doesn't go well. Um, in their bowl games. So UCF may have their moment in the sun and it may be all over. I don't know. But UCF's been a fun story. And if you guys out there in Radio Land haven't watched Central Florida play a game this year, dude, you've you've cheated yourself. That is a fun, it's fun a team fun to team watch. fun team to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. Chris, the text that I sent that you gave me the gold star on about Notre Dame. Notre Dame now knows they do not have to join the ACC or any other conference, right? Oh, yeah. Yes and yeah. no. Yeah, yes and no, because the problem I mean, that Notre, Notre Dame's Dame? got is that Notre Dame, if they're going to be a serious player in the national championship picture, and this really isn't this the first time that they've really been seriously considered late into the season? I can't think back to another time since we started the playoff where there was a legitimate shot for Notre Dame to get in. They were just outside. Yeah, that, that, yeah. This time around, they had their destiny in their own hands, and it would have been a perfect time for it. Alabama did them a favor, and had Notre Dame not stubbed their toe a couple of times down the stretch. But let's say that Notre Dame wins out. They beat Miami. If they beat Miami, and and who they lost to Stanford. Yeah, is that right? If they beat Miami and beat Stanford, they're in. Notre Dame's in, and Alabama's out. So Notre Dame does know that. The problem is for Notre Dame to do this and be viable. They've got to schedule a ridiculous non-conference right. schedule. Not really. It's going to be very difficult to get through. Not really. Look at Alabama. <clears throat> what, yeah, it's yeah. a different animal. What, and, and, and before what, we get off uh, that, though, before we get off that, I, I, I have to say this. You said, and everybody else has said, well, UCF didn't meet anybody. UCF, you, dude, UCF's got three wins against with ten win teams. That's three more than Alabama's got. Mm-hmm. And I'm not pretending that UCF played, you know, an SEC schedule. I'm not pretending they played Florida State, but I will tell you, UCF's a little bit better than people think. South Florida, UCF, Memphis, those teams in the All-American Conference are not bad ball clubs. And when they've had a chance to match up, you think Auburn's going to beat the brakes off of them. I do think it's a bad matchup, but I would not be shocked if UCF finds a way to win. Alabama would have beat – I mean, uh, the teams Alabama beat throughout the year, five or six of them would have beat UCF. Well, and they had – when the hurricane stuff was going on, week three they had Georgia Tech on their schedule. And, and they may have dodged that bullet. Yeah. Right. I mean – I mean, things conspire, and that's part of making a run like they've made is you have to have some good fortune. You look at Miami. If you look at Miami, had Miami finished and run the table – you could have looked back to the first eight weeks of Miami season and been like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like everything just on, sort of conspired on. for them to to get what they did. Luck is part of it. 
Alabama is the team here at the end that's gotten lucky. We'll see what they do with it. I honestly feel like if Alabama wins the national championship, it's tainted, but my opinion doesn't matter. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. We'll see you on the other side. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back. WDCC folks, this is the last segment. You guys can follow us over to the internet. Find the podcast at From the Cheap Seats. You can find us in the iTunes store, search the web, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you want. You'll get a whole nother hour. But in this last segment, Brandon, you were talking about Notre Dame. And you made the point that you feel like, well, Notre Dame knows they don't have to join a conference because now even as a two-loss team, they could get in. I disagree with you. Because, yes, there's been some precedent set in the selection process, but that seal hasn't been cracked yet. You've got non-conference champions now, so you've shown that you can get in without winning a Power 5 conference, which obviously right now Notre Dame can't do. But what you haven't seen is a two-loss team get in. And I think when you combine that with not playing in one of the Power 5 conferences and having two losses, I don't think you could. Now, if Notre Dame goes out and runs the table and – pulls off an undefeated season, maybe even a one-loss, they're a serious player. But here's the bottom line, Notre Dame. Join a damn conference. Yeah, but they don't have to, man. They don't have to. And what's the – at this point, though, given that all of the conference money has grown exponentially since when Notre Dame did its NBC television deal, what is the benefit to Notre Dame to not be in a conference for football? No, I got you, but hey, let me – this is joking. Just join the SEC, win six games, and you're in the playoff, right? Yeah. There you ah, go. There you I, go. Think, I think it's because th- then we get to talk about them. They get to still feel exclusive, get to still feel a little different. But uh, I would say join the ACC since they're half oh, in the ACC to yeah, start with. Absolutely. And then you got a really good chance of winning a conference championship and probably guaranteeing a spot in the playoffs each year. Well, you know, South Bend, Indiana is known worldwide for 
its beaches on the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> well, yeah. quite the quite the destination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah that, they should join the athletic uh, the the ACC. That makes well, they're, they're in sense. in every other sport. Let me preface they sh- this because they were scared the to join the Big now, Ten. So I mean, it, you know, it doesn't matter. So this past weekend, I was talking are. talking to Chris about the criteria and metrics that they use to put these teams in the playoff. And first of all, I just want to preface this: people who overuse metrics kill me because metrics people that 100% use metrics, they're either have no personality, can't do their job right, nerd, whatever you want to call it. They can always point, well, here's the metrics I used. And if they fail, win or fail, they can defend their job that they've done. I've worked with people like that in the business. Sometimes you have to have a gut feel or business sense. The metrics people kill me. I, I think it's a part of it, but not all of it. But going to the metrics and the criteria, I was reading off these to Chris. There's like a list of six. It's conference champion at the top, common opponents, record, blah, blah, blah. And at the very end, it says other variables. What in the world? Like, Look, come on. get Other for variables. People, that's, that's clear. For you, just, people, you just said, you just said that people that rely solely on metrics are afraid to make a decision. If you use the numbers, you don't have to stand by your decision. Because, but the numbers said that's exactly what I'm saying. The right, numbers said right. that's the committee puts it out there so that they can say that. But then they throw this vagueness in there. You don't really think that these cats are sitting around a table all weekend at these resort hotels so that they can look at a spreadsheet. If it was metrics and it really used the criteria they spelled out, there wouldn't be a committee. It would yeah. be a computer spitting it out. Boom, 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 boom. I, I saw a, uh, an article, or no, I, I saw a, a segment on uh, SportsCenter that they said that if they used the same metrics that they used to pick the two teams back in 13 or whenever the last time, it would be the same four teams that got picked. Well, I don't know. I've seen things that said Ohio State beats Alabama in every advanced metric. I don't care. I'm not here to tell you that Ohio State on the field is a better team than Alabama. I think that people that that talk about how good Alabama is this year don't watch a heck of a lot of college football. Alabama has not been a great team on the field. Well, remember back in the day before the playoff that they took margin of victory or tried to take margin of victory right. out? Sure. Now, today on the way in here, I'm hearing that if Ohio State had run it up on Wisconsin, that would have been a game changer. Well, Mar- the margin of victory. Let me tell you something. Had Ohio State lost by a field goal at Iowa, it would have been a different animal. They lost by 31, and deservedly – that 31-point beatdown was used against them. That, right. Don't buy into the nonsense, American public. Don't buy it. There are not metrics being used. If there were metrics, it would be a mathematic equation, and you'd see a score that was assigned based on these factors. Don't believe it at all. It, this is a situation where a group of people got together in a conference room, they made their case, they argued it out, they took a vote, and that's how it went down. The- don't, let them, don't let them use this, this smokescreen that it's metrics so that they don't have to take ownership for their picks. I hate to beat a dead horse, but all you have to do is look at the bowl game between UCF and Auburn. They're making measured decisions in that boardroom. Yeah, they're trying to justify themselves, and that's why Auburn's in seventh. You know, if Auburn was a, ended up final ranking at 12, then how, how do you justify Alabama 
being forth. Well, so, there's a but, lot of but, solutions. I do think that the situation we're in now is better than where we used to be. Right. Because if we went back to back in the day, what we would end up with is a national championship, quote unquote, national championship game that did not include all of the three best teams in the country. Brandon, you said it early on and hit it out of the park. There were three teams that were in a different tier than anybody else this yep. year as you look at the season as, as a whole. Georgia, Oklahoma, Clemson, period. And it all worked itself out. And we knew that the field would get whittled down. The fact that it whittled itself down to an odd number as opposed to an even created the situation with Ohio State and But that's and why you also have the playoff because who would be left out right now? Georgia. Who could be the best team in the country? You know what I mean? Like, you got to have the playoff. None I of agree. these things are perfect. I think eight would be a bad idea. Maybe six. You know, I mean, I think we're looking at it right now. Alabama does not deserve a chance at a national championship. That's interesting to hear you say that. I think that's the first time I've ever heard you say those words. That's my point. This is not about how good Alabama is. This is not about how good their players are. They did not win their conference championship. So just like Ohio State last year, they don't deserve an opportunity but, but the to interesting be thing the is national champs. The ESPN, your, your, your favorite people. Have a power <laughs> index that has Alabama as the favorite odds on to of win, course they and do. so does Vegas. Of course they do. And then you have Georgia behind them, which shows SEC is yeah, the dominant. Ve- and then Clemson and Oklahoma with only an eighteen percent. Vegas chance. wants all those <laughs> fans' money. Like, I mean, they're putting Alabama out there, and Georgia fans going, "All right, I'm gonna get some of this," you know. So they're right. like, jo- Vegas I- is gonna be just fine. I Listen, understand why they're doing that. They wouldn't put it on Clemson, which is probably. Right. Do you think? Do you think Alabama makes it out of the first weekend? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go farther than that. I want to know. We're gonna do this now. We're early on in the process, so we have time to to reset this. But I right. want a month out. I want you guys to tell me who's your national champ. Mine's Clemson. Boom. <laughs> Reload, reload, baby. Yeah. reload. I'm, I'm Dave, what do you reload. Or, uh, I'm all right. Right now, I'm Clemson, and then I like Georgia behind it. I'm going. So that's my national championship game. I think, and it pains me to say this because I cannot stand Baker Mayfield. I think Oklahoma's going to win the whole thing. I thought you liked Georgia. You I, said a few weeks listen, ago Georgia was going to win. I I'd like Georgia. I like Georgia second. Right. But Oklahoma is playing defense at a different level than they right. played it for most of the season. The defense is almost caught up with the offense. Right. I think yeah, they the offense have. Is good. They are the one of these four teams that are left that has a legitimate top shelf difference making quarterback. And yes, defense wins national championships in college football at a different level than than in the NFL. But when you have a quarterback who is a legit difference maker, that's your guy. Well, and well. let me bring this all to Carol- back to Carolina basketball real quick. Chris, uh, I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole, but remember <laughs> when we had Kendall Marshall and he got yeah. hurt? And, and, yeah. We would have won that national championship. I, I believe so. I agree with you. Yeah, Think about right. what Alabama has a whole month to do, right? Get well, for sure. To get healthy. Yeah, yeah they they probably have and more they were, key injuries than any of the other teams. And that was a very small storyline. They didn't talk about how beat up they were. Now, they illegitimately, in my opinion, Ohio State should have been in 
with the conference championship. Now they're in with a month to get healthy and a Nick Saban. Like yeah, Chris, you pointed out. To put out. a game plan together. Who would yeah. you rather have for a month? And I, we've only got a couple minutes left in this segment. I want to make one another statement. Not that it matters because we don't play these hypothetical games. I will say this. Ohio State may or may not match up and beat Alabama on a neutral site. But I'll tell you this. Wisconsin would have beat the brakes off Alabama this weekend. I believe that. Yep. Alabama hadn't been able to stop the run with all of the injuries at linebacker. Jonathan Taylor might have put up 250 on Alabama. I believe that, and I always will believe it. But as it stands, we've got four teams. I'm taking Oklahoma. You guys are taking Clemson. I think the difference is Baker Mayfield. And if Oklahoma doesn't win it, it's going to be because Kelly Bryant, Jake Fromm, or Jalen Hurts plays out of It sounds like you're taking the winner of the Oklahoma Georgia. Yes, I am. Absolutely, 100%. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WDCC, WBLZ. WDCC folks, follow us to the internet. We'll see you there. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. Ah, welcome to the second hour from the cheap seats. Talking football this morning. Brandon, have we covered enough of the playoff? Have we have we put this thing to bed? No way, man. No way. <laughs> I want to say this because I started this thought with regard to an 18 playoff. And if we went to an 18 playoff, my vision would be that you take the five Power Five conference champs. And I think at this point that the Power Five conferences are head and shoulders above everybody else. No offense to UCF or anybody else that has Top to bottom for sure. Say again? Top to bottom for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you take Power Five, each one of the conference champs is in, period. Take one of those slots – and give it to the group of six in the independents. And that way, somebody's got to be chosen. And then your last two slots are at large. So you can take a conference runner-up. You can take an additional you know, right. group of six, whatever the case might be. That is absolutely 100% as far as any sort of playoff in college football needs to go. I agree with that. Once you move beyond that, then you're turning it into basketball, which is a completely different animal, where half well, the time your national champ wasn't a conference champ. And there's a ton of drama in the regular season. Yes. And you're going to start taking that away, and you're going to have to shorten the regular season schedule because the, the kids can't play 20 games. Well, yeah, they can. But that's a whole other issue. Um, uh, yes, the thing that, the, that college football has to beware is the value – of every single week in right. college football is higher than any other sport that we pay attention to 
in America. Well, I don't want to get I don't want to get off on that, but you're talking about mid major, giving that one spot to like the undefeated mid major type yes. school. Well, That's I, the one thing I hate about basketball is that you can go undefeated, lose your conference championship, and you don't get it. You don't get it. Yes. But yeah. we'll solve that problem. Probably later. don't. Well, get it. I mean, you can get in in that large pick, but. You, you can, but it doesn't it doesn't often happen. And what you end up with is the Big Ten or the ACC or the SEC gets six, seven, eight, right. how many ever slots, and then all those teams get bounced in the first round. It's nonsense, and it has to do with travel and the rest of that. But the NCAA, while we're talking about that, the NCAA basketball tournament quit expanding the damn field. 64 yeah. teams should be it. I because yeah. your sixth team out of the ACC or the Big Ten is not going to win a national championship. Cut it out. You know I'm 64 laughing. is 64, and you're screwing these teams that get in. Well, and, and it devalues that conference championship. At 100%. 64 the, is a lot. The thing right. that, that I don't know why I thought about this, but the reason I'm laughing is you don't want to lose to NC State this year because number two, Arizona lost to them about a week and a half ago and got bounced out of the top 25. <laughs> like, went from two out of the top 25. How is this? Maybe they lost another game and I didn't see it but you don't want to lose to that crowd because you can go from two or one to out well speaking of NC State Bradley yeah. Chubb won the Bronco Nagurski award right defensive player of the year and I think a lot of people across the country have been sleeping on Bradley Chubb if I'm at the top of this draft in the NFL just like they were sleeping on Bronco Nagurski Back in the day when he <laughs> were they sleeping on yeah. him? How can yeah. you sleep on a guy with a game with a name like that? That's not a dude I want to be trapped in a phone booth with. Dude. There's, there's Nagurski, certain our, people with those names that dude. you're like, that's a whole nother level. When your first name's Bronco with a K, <laughs> think how much cooler the Denver Broncos would be if they spelled it with a K, or if they were able to beat Miami. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Look, anyway. Bradley Chubb, we tried to tell the world Jason Tatum was the best player in this draft. How many times did we say that, Brandon? Over a, over a four or five month period, we said it a gazillion times. It's on the record. We counted it. We right. had an accounting firm came in. They tallied it up. One gazillion is how many times we said that. I'm here to tell you right now, Bradley Chubb is an absolute difference maker that will make an NFL team better, period. Mario Williams, when he was at NC State, always guilty of taking a playoff. Right. No. You know, he would disappear on and on and on. Jadavian Clowney, when he was at USC, you'd see the guy disappear. I promise you, you put on tape of NC State, you will motor. never have any problem finding Bradley Chubb. He's got a motor. Bradley I- Chubb is one of those freak athletes that has a motor, and we don't ever see that. All right, let's talk about the the Bronco Award real quick. And let me <laughs> let me read off a list of names, okay? Okay. Aaron Donald, Warren Sapp, Dominican Sue, Luke Keekley, Derek Johnson, Terrell Suggs, Champ Bailey, Charles Wil- Woodson, and Roy Williams. Boom. That's the company he's in. That's right a now. Hall of Fame group right there. Absolutely. Bradley That's Chubb. That's money should be the first defensive player taken in this draft. And in this draft, where I don't see a quarterback coming out that is transformational, Cleveland and San Francisco, I'm imploring you, don't screw this up. You've got two teams 
that are going to be at the top of this draft, and the Giants are hot on their heels, but I don't think San Francisco and, and Cleveland can fall that far. Cleveland right now is is winless. Speaking of which, I just do want to say this. This is this is self-indulgent. Oh, Cleveland right now, over the last two seasons, is 1-27. and 1-27 and in 28 games. That is the worst 28-game stretch in the history of the National Football League. Is that bad? It's yeah. not good. But let me tell you what's worse. Cleveland two years ago passed on Carson Wentz, who now is the odds-on favorite to be the MVP in the National Football League. Then this past year, they passed on Deshaun Watson, who may be even better when he comes back from this knee injury. Cleveland is not going to be able to help themselves. They are going to reach and overdraft a quarterback this year. Well, here's the deal. There is not a Carson Wentz. There is not a Deshaun Watson in this quarterback class, period. Maybe. But that's not going to stop them from taking a quarterback and leaving Bradley Chubb on the the table. They'll take Mayfield. Maybe Baker Mayfield (laughs) and Cleveland can wreck the lead together. That's right. That's right. Look. Just like Johnny. Baker Mayfield, I'm telling you right now, Baker Mayfield will not be a top flight NFL quarterback. No way. Never. No way. I agree with you 100%. His game does not translate. The things that he gets away with at Oklahoma – he not will not, not get away with in the NFL. Right, let me say one thing real quick. Say one thing real Cleveland, quick. Cleveland, if you're listening, which we know you are, <laughs> please take Bradley Chubb. Please. Because hey. you, look at Russell Wilson. Look at Tom Brady. I would never draft any quarterback under any circumstance in the first round at all. Oh, come on, Brandon. I, 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 I showed you the math on this before. If you want your quarterback, you have to take him early. Cleveland is proof positive there. But look at how many years you're set back by making the wrong decision on a quarterback. Roger that. But you when can't have you scared. ever taken a defensive player? How many first-round top ten defensive players have been busts? Not that many. They're at least serviceable in the league. Quarterbacks, they can be done in three years, and then you basically rolled the dice on your for your whole Program. I have to disagree 1,000% because... Okay, you're right. If you take... <laughs> no, I mean, you're making a valid point. However, the reason Cleveland's in the situation that it is now and is 1-27 in, one in over the last 28 games is because they were scared to make the pick you have to make when you right. have the opportunity. But I get you, brother, but listen... Deshaun Watson is from a, a different planet, but he just had a second ACL. I mean, if you look at it in a vacuum with what I just said, Cleveland would now have an injured quarterback with an injured ACL. Maybe they win four games. All right. Well, well, wait a minute, though. If, they, if, if Cleveland had taken Deshaun Watson, Cleveland probably would have won four or five games this year before Deshaun Watson sadly went out. Had they taken Carson Wentz two years ago, Cleveland might be the Philadelphia Eagles this year. The ah, margin of that. error, the, the margin of, of difference between teams in the NFL is minuscule. But, dude, they did. You have to have a quarterback to win. But they did win. this when they came back as the Cleveland Browns after they moved to Baltimore and won a Super Bowl. As they came back with the Cleveland Browns, they draft Tim Couch, who had all the measurables. 
And Cleveland just break. He was out of Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Cleveland just breaks quarterbacks. <laughs> breaks I mean, no, wait, listen, Tim Couch. That was an interesting year because Couch went number one. Who was number two that I year? I don't remember. Donovan McNabb. Huh. And at three, the Cincinnati Bengals took Achilles Smith. And as bad as Tim Couch was, he was better than Achilles Smith. You just have to know what you're getting moving in. Tim Couch was a system quarterback. Achilles Smith out at Oregon was a system quarterback. Donovan McNabb, when you looked at them, was a leader. He had the arm strength. He had the accuracy. He had the intelligence to run an NFL program. The Eagles got it right. The Browns and the Bengals suffered for years. The fans Because didn't. this is also pre-rookie salary scale. When Couch and Smith got these enormous deals that were out of whack with everything and handicapped that te- those teams for years. Right. But here's the deal. You, you can't go into this predisposed to mess it up. You have to draft the value that's there on the board. Cleveland in this situation, if they're going to sit at number one or if they fall to number two or number three, to my eyes, and I watched a ton of, of college football. There's not a top five quarterback in this class. I don't think. Now, as we move through the process, maybe one of these guys creeps up the board. If Darnold comes out, maybe he is the guy. Darnold, I think, is a couple years away, can play in the NFL. Josh Rosen, to me, is a guy maybe through the process that moves up, but what I've seen from him doesn't blow my doors off. There's some other possibilities out there as well. But I don't think that the value for these guys is top three or top five. Now, if I'm Cleveland and I want to trade down, which they've done in the last two years, they traded down but then didn't get the quarterback that they needed, and now they're stuck with Deshaun Kaiser. Or are they? I don't even know if they're stuck with him because they've shown no loyalty to the kid, and the problems that he had at Notre Dame are the same ones that have manifested themselves in the NFL. So everybody knew what they were getting, a kid that really doesn't work hard, doesn't study and really doesn't give a doggone about football. That was the that was the things that were said about him in the NCAA. It's what you see on the field. And I see it not because I'm with the kid every day. I've seen it because I see how quick Hugh Jackson is to just get him out of there. Well, dude, what I would do is I would take the Minnesota Vikings model, right? Their defense is off the chain. And then somehow you figure out the quarterback at some point in time. They got Case Kingdom Let's, playing them out of his mind. But they're a defensive team first. Panthers lost against the Saints. They're about to lose again to Minnesota. Okay. But my, my feeling yeah. is is that NFL, you yeah, if you got two quarterbacks, then you don't have one. You know, the old sayings, like you need a quarterback to win in the NFL and probably in college. But in the NFL, it's the most valuable position on the field. By, but that doesn't by mean, a mile. But that does not mean you gamble on the whole organization's future on in, in the first five pick. But unless they're like freaking well, Joe Montana I, but, or but what Joe. you're what you're saying is that Minnesota you're 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 acting as if Minnesota went into this situation planning for Case Keenan to be the quarterback. No, I they didn't say that. They have up into this situation. They got lucky, but they got Bridgewater on the bench, who is like a darn good quarterback. It, I mean, maybe he is at this point. Maybe he's not. He hasn't played quarterback in forever. You had Bridgewater, who they spent a first-round pick on. When Bridgewater went down, they panicked and went and traded for Sam Bradford. They Minnesota saw the value in 
getting going and getting a quarterback, what they've been able to do, you're right, is play great defense, which is the first step. And if you don't believe it, look back to the first couple Super Bowls Tom Brady won where he wasn't Tom Brady. We talk about he's been dominant and he's been this, that, and the other. First four or five, three or four years of Tom Brady's career, he wasn't very good. But he played with a great defense and didn't screw it up. Yes, you can do that, but you can't just plan for that to happen. Case Keenum right now is playing out of his skull. They fell into that. Case Keenum has been a guy that would have been available to any team in the NFL for years, and he's in a position where he's maximizing that. But even looking at that, they look at the measurables, they look at what he's able to do. Nobody is sitting saying, ah, Case Keenum's the guy for us. And no, what's going to happen when Bridgewater comes back is at some point Case Keenum's going to hit the market, and a team like San Francisco or Cleveland is going to go throw a bag of money at him. Or Cincinnati. No, Cincinnati doesn't play that game. We've they're going to need, about, they're gonna need a quarterback. If you want to get your Cincinnati Bengals news, you come right here to this <laughs> radio show in Central North Carolina. And Andy Dalton oh. is not the guy, but they will not be replacing him with Case Keenum. I can promise you that. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from right here in the heart of North Carolina. Thanks for hanging out with us. We got 45 minutes to go. We'll see you on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats, talking all kinds of football. We just keep kind of gravitating back and forth between college and NFL today. We started talking about Bradley Chubb. I want to finish the the thought with regard to quarterbacks. Hold on to that thought. Oh, here we go. But when you, like, when everybody's trying to be quiet coming into the break and everybody's going, shh, and then you're doing all these lewd actions. (laughs) How, how, how am I supposed to be quiet? Are we in the second hour yet? We're in the second hour. hour. Can can we talk about San Diego? We can talk about San Diego, but hold off, because you, you can't just you, – you have to just fit that in. You've got to find a good okay. segue for that day. Yeah. You All haven't right. contributed much well, today. I'm, I'm not going to lie. we were talking about Bradley Chubb and got to the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, because we always – everything <laughs> always comes back to the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> and Tar Heels basketball. What, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm telling basketball. you is is that somebody is going to overpay for, Kate, for Case Keenum, just like they have for Matt Flynn and guys like right. that. It happens all the time. Matt Castle. The, the list is long. But here's the thing. When you have a franchise, especially one that is down and out, like Cleveland's been for a couple years, you have to at some point commit to your franchise quarterback. But you have to look and make a sound decision. Cleveland has tried it a million times. Let's let's go back and look at this because Couch was a guy. Couch, it's hard to fault the pick. Couch, when he was at Kentucky, was looked at and with the – West Coast type offenses that people were running, but he was one of those guys, and it was he was supposed to be a stone cold lock. And they were co- they were competitive with a lot of the traditional good teams in the SEC that year with Cal. They were. They yeah. had a great year. They were, yeah. 
But it ended up he was a system quarterback. But then you fast forward, and let's look at some other first-round picks that they took. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn, to me, was a guy that never, never to me, made me think he's going to do this, do his thing in the NFL. Look at Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon, anybody that paid attention to his career at Oklahoma State and listened to his mouth knew that kid, he wasn't even a kid, he was a grown man by the time he was drafted. <laughs> he was like 38 years old. That Brandon Whedon was not going to be able to get it done in an NFL locker room. It just wasn't going to work. You've got to make the right decision when you have the opportunity to do this. Deshaun Kaiser, I think it's fair to say, is not the guy. He looks overmatched. He can do it athletically. I don't, I don't know. Cleveland at some point has to find their guy. They have to commit to it. They whiffed on Carson Wentz. They whiffed on Deshaun ja- on Deshaun Watson. I'm to Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, they didn't miss on that. But here's my thing: is not only did they not draft in those in those positions, they traded back. Dude, well, but here's to, to finish my point because this is where we started with this. You've got Miles Garrett on one side of that defensive line. If right. you install Bradley Chubb on the other side of that defensive line, you're starting to talk about a, a defense that's going to have to have a nickname. Well, and yeah. that's what I'm talking about because I'm a Panthers fan, right? I made that pretty clear. They got behind against the Saints. They're not a comeback team. They're a let's get up on you, and then they're grinded out. They're not going to put up 40 points, even 30 points. Cleveland is never going to be a winner unless they get a defense. If you got right. a rookie coming in and trying to play from behind, it changed the whole game plan. Sure, they right. haven't put him in his position to succeed because he's constantly playing from behind. You know, opposing I mean, defense has got their ears pinned back, and then when you look at it, now Josh Gordon is back now, but yeah. up to this point his only reliable receiver's been his tight end. I mean, yes David or Njoku. Yes or no? The GOAT. Who's the GOAT greatest of all time quarterback? Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Put him yeah. in Cleveland right now. What did they do? He quit. He retires. Win a handful of games. <laughs> I mean, if you want to know, I mean, he's just, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You want me and Giselle to move to Cleveland? I don't even want to hear uh, about Giselle. No, I don't even want to hear about Giselle. She's not even the top earning model anymore. Dude. I don't want to hear about her anymore. The Jenner girls. Top earning. Oh, okay, geez. okay. Well, anyway, I, I hope that one of the Jenner girls doesn't marry an NFL. So what I'm hearing the two of you doing. say, yes, is Cleveland needs to take Bradley Chubb. I, I would do it in a hot second. Yes, and you agree on that, although for different reasons. What 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 is Bradley Chubb for for the uneducated masses out there? Bradley Chubb, how many tackles for losses? Does he have in the last he, two years? He had tw- uh, 44 tackle for losses in the last two years. And understand, in 20 sacks, and understand that came under a lot of double teams, particularly this year. I, I went to a state game, the, the state Clemson game, and I went to uh, – and I saw him play on TV a lot, and he was always being double teamed. Always. Still finds tackle for losses, still finds sacks. Uh, but he's injured, so undisclosed injury. Dave, let me tell you something. I'm not a doctor. I don't play a doctor on TV, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express. There ain't nothing wrong with Bradley Chubb. <laughs> I know what's wrong with him. Except somebody's in his ear and said, hey, son, there's a right. lot of millions of dollars at stake here. You know what he might want to do? What might he want to do? He might want to go and play horrible and let Cleveland pass him over. That would be inspired. Do you think, Brad, <laughs> do you think Bradley Chubb pulled his Michael Porter oh, muscle? He might have. Yeah. 
He might have. You know, I don't know how we made it. Well, first of all, before we move on to Michael Porter and this sham, (laughs) Bradley Chubb should be the first player taken in this draft, I feel like right now. I agree. I agree. And I'm a, and we're Tar Heel fans. I do and, want and to I, know how you absolutely. guys, because this has become a thing with these young men coming out of college, and I'm on the fence as to whether I would play in a postseason game or not. Because here's the deal. NC State's playing what? The Sun, Sun Bowl in El Paso. Okay. Look, there is not an Arizona NC State, State fan out there who 10 years from now is going to be able to tell you what happened in that Sun Bowl matchup. Mm-mm. Period. How many think go? How many go to El Paso? There'll be a handful. I remember. Oh, I'm sure there'll be a handful, but I, I remember we were in Texas. When we were in school, they wanted to go to Orlando. Back. How come when Trent sings, you guys like shut up and you that got, was good. embrace it? That was good because you got no skills, Chris. Wow. Like you got a lot Marty going Robbins. for you. You got a lot going for you. You got a great radio voice. You got a cool walk. Even when you're smoking, <laughs> it's cool. But you got no. no, 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 no. When you talk about things that I have going for me, you would be remiss if you left out my hot wife. Yeah, oh yeah, got that. Talk about outkicking your coverage, bro. (laughs) But hey, while we're on NC State, Dave Doran turning down the Tennessee job—is that not the most ridiculous thing that you've ever heard? And it's a Dave Doran. That it's a Dave Doran who had guys like Himes. Bradley Chubb. If there was ever a year, this was the year, yeah. and they win eight games, and he turns down Tennessee job. No, that's but a, he pulled a Frank Beamer on it. I mean, that's what he did. Well, In my opinion, question, he pulled a Frank Beamer on it. Well, the question with it is, though, is, is, is NC State going to be as loyal to Dave Doran as Virginia Tech was to Frank Beamer? Because when, when Frank he wins Beamer, five or six games. Well, yeah. that's the thing, is that Frank Beamer – is one of those guys. Frank Beamer had some amazing years at Virginia Tech. But most of the time, he was one of those guys that, you know, you could pencil into the top 20, but not any higher than top right. 10. Let me right. tell you he something. He just kind of kept it there. I can see from here NC State being a program like that. I'm not convinced. I've never seen anything from Dave Doran, and he's a horrible interview, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he's not a good No guy. offense if he wants to come in and sit with us. We'll do it. But, he, I mean <laughs> – Dave Doran is not the type of guy who walks in, lights up a room, and you're like, right. oh, my God, that's the guy. I I, th- I can see it, though, from here that NC State gets to, to the point where they're a program that wins eight, nine games a year. And every once in a while might lock up, luck up and play for a conference championship. The question is whether or not in one of those five or six win seasons, the NC State machine – yeah. It's going to look and be like, yeah, that's our guy. Okay, let me just say, as someone who grew up in the a- the ACC, and I'm not trying to compare football history with the SEC, right? Mm-hmm. Tennessee, it's a totally different animal as it is to NC State football. But let me tell you something. The fan base at NC State, they feel like they should be in the championship every year. And they have a very short fuse. Now, anyway – College coaches used to make it – I heard Mac Brown say the other day, it used to be seven years, now it's three. It's getting close to the NFL. NC State, the first time he posts – doesn't beat Carolina or Duke and posts like a seven-game win streak for the season, he's going to be on the chopping block. I mean, it's there's going to be a buyout clause. They've proven that they'll buy you out. Their expectations, the fan base – 
is up there with some of the I don't want to say I don't want to go so far as saying they're up there with the Tennessee football fan base because they're a bunch of fanatics. I, I, I was Do you understand what I'm saying? You weren't going to say that, but but their fan base has a very short fuse. I mean, right. look at their coach Herb um, Sindek. Herb Sindek, dude, going to the Sweet Sixteen. You don't beat Carolina. Solid coach. Bounced. He's right. kind of like I could see Doran being in football when you go and look back if he's there for 10, 15 years. I mean, he was there. He, he made the NCAA tournament every year. Yep. Maybe lucked up and got a conference title here or there or something like that. He didn't do much. But he did enough that I thought he was solid. I thought it was a bad, I think most I think it was a bad decision. I don't, I don't think there's anybody that looks at the situation with Sendek, no matter how they felt about it at the time, and says that was the right move. Right. I don't think there's anybody yeah. out there that feels that way. Yeah. Wouldn't when he got let go? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm saying now – from from our vantage point now, how long is what, what what year was Sendek let go? It's been like what ten oh, years ago. Yeah, at least. and it was Sidney Lowe came in Sydney behind Lowe him. Sidney Lowe came in, and yeah. I think at the time there was a lot of reason to be optimistic, whatever the case might be. But nobody now today looks at the two guys that came behind Herb Sendek and says, "Yeah, we made the right move getting rid right. of Sendek." Back <laughs> but then. but to your nobody. point, Chris, Herb Sendek was not the interview. Sidney Lowe was the interview. Yeah, well, yeah. But Hurt Sendek ran well, a program. What yeah. hurt he ran a program. Sendek was – he couldn't beat instant – all you got to do is beat Carolina and Duke, right? <laughs> you know, well, like, which is, in that's basketball, all. that's easy. And the you know? second thing, he ran a Princeton offense, which right. nobody wants it to see. And you got you know, you to bring – you got to travel. You got to bring people into CG, right? The Princeton offense nobody wants to see. But here's the thing with the Tennessee job. And you said it at the tail end of your, com- of your comment – Yes, NC State, the fan base, has expectations. Well, let me me tell you something. The pressure in Raleigh and the pressure (laughs) in Knoxville got nothing to do with one another. We'll finish that thought on the other side. we got half an hour to go. Thanks for hanging out from the cheap seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Well, I don't know if love is the right word, but you should like it. You want to love it? You want to hug on it? Kiss it? I do. Smack it up, flip it, rub it rub down. It down. Oh, no! <laughs> Sometimes I think the love, the term, is overused. I think but not America, with this show. You definitely look at it. Not with this show. I love this show. I hope that everybody else out there loves it as much, too. And, hey, listen, on your way into doing the show in the future, if you see my Christmas tree out in the front yard, <laughs> that means I'm not coming in, brother. I've moved on. Where are you moving I've in? Got it. You got it. You got it up to ESPN? Yeah, I'm up to ESPN. So if you see my Christmas tree dumped by the street, I'm it's going to be gullet Jackins and whatever. In the, it changes every week. I, I can see that. Brandon and Mike instead of Mike and Trey or whatever. 
I don't can, you know can they can they sustain it? Mike and Mike was a it's hard to believe. What was it? Eighteen years they were on. Really? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. In, in some way or another, like I mean, I don't think they had TV that was time. probably only yeah. the last four or five. No, it was about ten years. Really? Even yeah. on it's the TV. unbelievable how long they did it. And I, I'm going to tell you, I wasn't a huge fan. I know that you were. Yeah. Um, I like Trey Wingo. I just don't know if the chemistry's there. The thing that Mike and Mike has going for him is that guest list. And the way they bring right. it in. Oh, yeah. And I do appreciate because I'm not a guy that wants to stir the pot and create controversy just for controversy's sake. Yeah. And there's been a lot of that. There is day in and day out. It kind of started when Jim, Jim Rome transformed, you know, sports talk radio. And everybody's trying to outdo him. I'm not disparaging Colin Cowherd or Clay Travis or anybody that's out there. But Mike and Mike always kind of kept it down the middle. It was informative. Right. It just kind of played itself out. Well, it, was, it, it, was, just, I got you. it was the setting of the table for the entire sports day. That's what right. the show was. I'll buy that. Now, one of the regulars that was on Mike and Mike all the time is Herm Edwards. <laughs> I, I'm i going to tell you, there are a lot of people out there who are looking at that. Well, he's 63 years old. He hadn't coached in nine years. Blah. Dude, Herm Edwards at Arizona State is a great hire. He says he's got one more good tackle in him. I, I saw that. That was that awesome. was pretty good. He said, yeah. "You're not hiring me to play." I love how he talks. I yeah. love his cadence. Yeah. But Herm Edwards, listen to me, folks. We look across the spectrum in the NFL and in, and in particular in the NCAA. There are not very many black head coaches out there in the NCAA. What there are even fewer of is older black coaches in the NCAA. Herm Edwards is going to go into Southern California and into Arizona. Phoenix still probably the second or third fastest-growing city in the country. Mm-hmm. He's going to sit with these black grandmothers and parents mm-hmm. and family, you know, influencers, the church officials, things like that, that assist in making those decisions when it comes time for these kids to decide where to play. Well, and Herm Edwards is going to be a monster. Well, dude. To recruit against, yeah. I'm on sure recruit, I'm on I'm the recruiting trail. I'm sure it's written and recorded somewhere, but I'd be interested to see how long he's wanted to coach. Did he just decide to scratch the itch? He said because, all along that he didn't want to coach. Well, right. that's my point, because if he's been sitting out there this entire time, his mix – I mean, this is a guy who gets up at 4.30 in the morning and it's in the gym. Like – Nobody's going to outwork him. He's got a, kind of a military approach, but he yep. also has a great relationship. He's a player's coach. Yes, always was. Because yeah. he was a player. I mean, and, and Herm Edwards, his his downfall, or I'm not even going to say downfall, because I think this is a inspired, an inspired hire for Arizona State. They got lucky. I, yeah. I think they did. His former agent – is the new AD at right. Arizona State. This is that, how that And that's came how it came about. Yeah, exactly. Herm Edwards has been on the record for years. He's been rumored with a lot of NFL coaching jobs. He didn't want to do that. Herm Edwards is not an X and O guys. He's going to bring a stability to that program. I don't think he wants to go anywhere, which is a big thing because Arizona State's a second-tier program at best. He's a guy that will come in there and be like, I'm going to be here for you know, 10, 12, 15 years until right. I'm done. And you talked about the kind of health he's in. If we had a Royal Rumble and Herm Edwards came in here, there'd be our three dead bodies laying here and Herm <laughs> Edwards would walk out of here, hadn't even broken a sweat. 
The guy's I, I in think, great shape. He's he's doing his thing. He's not an X's and O's guy. Yeah, he's going to have to have the appropriate assistance. So he is going to have he is going to be beholden to his coordinators because I Herm Edwards doesn't want to coordinate a defense. Are you saying and he's, recruiting? He's going to need him for recruiting too to know the channels. He, yeah, and, he and the rules and I mean, the rules. It, yeah, it's absolutely, an extensive, absolutely. But when Herm Edwards gets a chance to sit at Grandma's dinner table and close the deal, you can cancel Christmas. Bro. He's going to be like, Hey, Grandma. We're going to play to win the game. Yes. Yes, he is. He's got a million one-liners. He's he's fearless. And and really, he's at a point in his career. If this goes badly, so what? He oh, yeah. he's, got, he's, he's got, it's got to be out of love. It, I mean, yeah, he's making plenty of money. He doesn't I, need the money. I think it's an inspired I think, hire. I think right. love is an overused word. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's why I went back to it. But see, he everybody wins in the Herm Edwards hire. Because just his presser that I saw last night, it's just awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I wonder, like, this is a dumb comment, but the Mike and Mike split up. He used to be on Mike and Mike it, a lot. Now I introduced him. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly well, it. Yeah. But he used to be there on the – all the time. I wonder if he got uninvited from the show. And by the way... Oh, God, no. He'll be... That's the other thing he's got going for him. Recruiting is a nationwide thing. Yeah. There are a lot of guys... You could have gone with some whiz-bang assistant and you know hired this guy who knows great X's nose. He doesn't carry any weight with him when he walks in. These kids have grown up as ESPN kids. They know who Herm Edwards is. Yeah. Right. They've seen him on right. Sunday mornings. Right. They've heard him on the radio through the week. This guy is... Iconic is probably too strong a term, but he is a household name. Dude, I we are, another overused yeah. phrase is astute analysis. Chris, I'm saying this with all sincerity. The way you just broke that down was astute analysis. The fact <laughs> that he has all the ESPN kids, if he had just taken a job pretty much anywhere else, he would have just gone off in some – Well, in the, in the NFL – that wouldn't be that much of an impact. No, it would not yeah. at all. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you 100% there. In, which, in the NCAA, he has a chance to make that an impact. Which I also want to say, Ryan Clark, will you take a head football coach job? Because I'm tired of anywhere. hearing you jaw no, anywhere. There, and there's the, 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 the Sunday mornings are full of those, and I'm so sick to death. It's all played out. And I'm going to tell you this. I don't particularly like Deion Sanders on – the NFL Network. Prime time. I don't. However, I will give him his due. He created that. The silliness, the, right. you know, it's like me, you like two guys talking at a barbershop. That's Dion's thing. Every other black athlete does not have to try to be Dion Sanders, and that's where we're at right now. There's only one. It's played. Stop. Please, God, you're killing me. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, now that we've gotten that out of our system, we're talking about coaches, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm re- I read an interesting stat. So Nick Saban came to the SEC in 2007. Yeah. Since his arrival, there have been 45 total head coaches in the SEC. The point is, is that this coach carousel that we're seeing, basically Nick Saban started it when he made the move. Right, well, he didn't oh, start yeah. it. Yeah, Everybody's well, – there, I mean, There's it's, always been a center of gravity because before there was Nick Saban, there was Steve Spurrier. Right. I mean, there yeah, but, is always but, going to be in the SEC then, and every other conference. It's like I said earlier, you used to have seven years, now you have three. Like, it's right. changed. And now and now these programs are trying to buy a program buy right. via the head coach. Well, Texas A&M is trying to buy their program. They're thinking that Jimbo Fisher can come in and do at Texas A&M what he did at Florida State. What they're failing to recognize is Jimbo Fisher is not coming in behind 
a stacked cabinet full of ball players like he did when he took over Bobby Bowden's Florida State program. Right. And they're also not realizing that him making that well, Texas A&M, yeah, they are going to a bowl game. That was the only way Jimbo was going to go to a bowl game this year. That's funny. That's well, funny. I guess he's going to streak in Are they? Yeah, they're six to six. They're are going they, to a bowl game. Are they going to what the Big Lots bowl game special? Pretty much. Yeah. Here's what I'll tell you about Jimbo Fisher, and I, I want your feeling about this, you guys. I, I played high school football in Texas. I went. I finished high school in Texas. I've lived in Texas a great deal. In my adult life. Are things really bigger in Texas? Yep. Yeah, all well, they definitely are. Yep. In my visits. Here is what I'll tell you about Texas football. There is an expectation when you have one of those important jobs in Texas football, whether it's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, the head coach at the University of Texas, Texas A&M, those programs, there's an expectation and, and you have to fit with how that is perceived. And there's the, you know, if you watch Friday Night Lights or you watch, you know, dramatic things about football, you have the guy that's kind of spitting tobacco and, you know, stomping around in shorts and whatever, barking. And that's not what Texas football coaches are supposed to be. And you have to satisfy the Texas high school coaches if you're going to succeed there. That used car salesman approach that Jimbo Fisher has employed is not going to play in Texas. And I want you to consider for a second, when you talk in terms of football coaches in the state of Texas, Tom Landry is at the top of the list. You're talking right. about the ultimate gentleman, a statesman. You look at Mac Brown at Texas. Mac Brown came into UT and was essentially a CEO type coach. Right. He managed the things. Jimbo Fisher... And that wild act of his is not going to play any better than Kevin Sumlin did at Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M has got failure written all over it. I told you a long time ago, and you came around to my way of thinking, Jimbo Fisher is not the X's and O's guy people thought he was. No, nah, man, you called no. it. You said yeah. Well, and he's what just got, got all the best. He when you got all the best toys, well, it's kind of hard to screw it up. And what got exposed this year when Francois went down is, oh wait a minute. Maybe Jimbo's not the great recruiter we thought he was. Well, and can I just say one other thing? You were talking about not expanding the uh, NCAA basketball tournament, which I totally agree with. They should oh, probably pare it down. Florida State went three and five in the conference. They're going to a bowl game. I mean, aren't we kind of even when yeah. my team is win six games and they're in a bowl game? It doesn't move. It didn't move the needle for There's me. There's too many bowls. Well, and here here's what I'll tell you. These these bowl games have nothing to do with rewarding the players. They have nothing to do with rewarding the programs or rewarding the fan base. It's all about sponsor dollars. Right. And what's going to happen is they're going to roll out there to the, you know, whatever bowl game, and those tickets are going to have to be given away to local residents because nobody's traveling to these games to watch their 6-6 six and six team. If you right. happen to be a transplant, and you're close, yeah, we'll roll out there. Well, so or if you think, well, that's Paso, a cool yeah. vacation spot, we'll yeah. go out there. Yeah. El Paso? Yeah. Well, ain't nobody trying to go to El Paso. It's <laughs> no. just a local economy boost. A- absolutely. Well, that's well, it, it does help the team, though. I'm not. That's not the intent of it. But they get to practice that's longer. That's the enticement. And that, if you want to peel it back, Dave Kaplan, that was astute. That's the enticement for these teams to get to a bowl analysis. game. Because what you don't understand – these teams, when they go to these small bowl games, they lose money. 
Oh yeah. They have to go they go on their own nickel, they stay on their own nickel, they invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in the trip to the bowl game. The only reason they're doing it is they're paying the price so they can get that extra month and but, a half of practice. That's exactly brother, what it all is. the players get all this blame. They, they get, do those get the blame. Out of those those you go to the Sun Bowl, you get five dollars off a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> And you get to get a little bit of El Paso sun. And that's about it. The gift bags for the players for these things are cool. They call it swag, right? They call it swag bags. And and the, the swag that they get is really cool. And it comes all from the sponsors that have to do with the game. But these are corporate events. Period. This is not a reward for going six and six or going seven and five. This is a chance for those corporate corporations to bring all their clients out and roll out the red carpet and bring these folks in from across the country so they can go on a drunken bender for a week and And have a great time. There probably won't be 20,000 people at that The only thing I do like about some of the extra bowls is they actually put in, like, student scores into the, I guess, formula. So if your school does well educationally, you get a little boost, and I think that's kind of cool. (laughs) What are you like, talking about? D- Duke. Like, I mean, maybe not this year. I don't know what their record is. Uh, three and five. They're six and six. They're going to a bowl game. I think they got a nod over somebody because of their education value. Nonsense. I mean, it's a real thing. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah, okay. They got the nod over somebody because the, the bowl hosts thought that they would travel a little bit better. Right. That's what, that's what tells the tale. Florida State – Florida State's going to get get in somewhere. Is that how go. Alabama got in the playoffs? Well, you know, <laughs> I doubt you know they're not. Well, let me tell you something. I, I guarantee you, if the choice was between Alabama and UCF, or Alabama and Boise State, or Alabama and a smaller program, you better believe Alabama get the nod. Oh if no, no, I'm talking, about the academic, about I'm talking about the academic. We got one section left to go. Academics have nothing to do with the scores here on this show. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Alright, putting a bow on this one today. Brandon Atkins through that entire break. We're going, we, we went live. We're, we don't have a producer. He bailed on us. He had to go put up signs or he had, he had to go, go buy his white flowers. He said or he had something. to go see a man about a horse or something. He had to go yes. make some left turns. Left yeah. turns, yes. But it is so we went job. live through the break, so we, we don't know how to turn the microphones off because <laughs> all we do is talk. So we had to go silent through there. And Tim Copas, DJ Schlepprock, is notorious for making hand signals through the window that nobody understands yeah brandon legitimately was trying to convey something with his hands to me i'm gonna need him to tell me what it was because i have no idea what you were trying to do i was just telling you to have a good day oh <laughs> i appreciate you bro hey no listen i know why texas a and texas a&m hired jimbo why because now they have the formula to beat wake forest in the bowl game because nice. that was one of his own th- only three oh, yeah. conference yeah, wins. that's a big win for him hey that's 
you know, that's planning. Talking about Texas coaches, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Sumlin. I think everybody in America saw the, the Kevin Sumlin firing going on. And I'm going to tell you honestly, Kevin Sumlin would have done well after a year or two at Texas A&M to take his behind to the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And now yeah, oh, yeah. he's tainted goods. He did possibly have a crack at the UCF job, which I think would have been okay, except that you've got Scott Frost that kind of set the bar for you now. And right. had he gone in there to UCF and gone 8-3 and three next year, people are clamoring saying what's going on. Well, to your point, quarterbacks are so important, right? I was thinking about there's not a whole lot of similarities, but Jimbo made his living on Jameis Winston. Like some of this well, yeah. $75 yeah. million or whatever it is, he should scratch a big old check to Jameis. And the same thing with Sumlin and um, Johnny Menzel. I mean, right. they ride these quarterbacks. If you get a good quarterback – and you have them for a couple of years, and you get that success, you need to be looking for a higher-paying pay, job or a higher-level job. Well, and that's what – we talked about the, the coaching hierarchy in America. And I don't think there's any doubt that Nick Saban, one, yep. Urban Meyer, two, who slides into that three, four, five positions is is out there. Now, Dabo Swinney may be that guy with a, with a bullet – here in a, in, a, in a month and a half, if he wins a second national championship, I think he's in there solidly as a three. But Dabo's but the, the real deal. Like, he's doing it with a totally different quarterback. That was my right. point, is that the thing that separates Saban and Meyer is it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. And right. one of two things happen. They do it different ways. Saban is just going to, you know, system you to death and bring these gargantuan running backs and run them down your throat. Urban Meyer goes out and finds quarterbacks that can play his system and does it. And he's gone, you know, all the way back to Alex Smith. Then you go Tebow, JT Barrett. He won a national championship with Cardale freaking Jones. And those are all huge programs, which, to your point, Jimbo has that type of program. Like, he can go he out. He did. Now he's at AM. And AM's not, AM is one of those schools that's not as important as they think they are. Right. And we right. talked about it, and I actually kind of talked trash about Texas a month or two ago and that Texas is really not one of the one of the royal programs in football but they're better than A&M. A&M their expectations they're they're always looking for something more. They're playing in the SEC. I think Jimbo's set up for failure. If he thought it was tough playing in the ACC, boy, he jumped out of the frying pan into the fire. Well, and I'll tell you right. just a side but note. But he's going to get paid well. Oh yeah. Side note going back to the bowl games. <laughs> this is funny to me. If these records are right, there's only two teams in the ACC that are not going to bowl games this year: Syracuse and North Carolina. That's how, yeah. That's that how it's is too many bowl games. Amazing. What do you got? What do you got? Thirty-five of them now. Uh, it's too many. And in some years, you know, you have to have the the you qualifier. can't qualify. Them. Well, you, so what do they do? Ah, well, we'll go ahead and take a couple teams that didn't qualify. There's too many bowl games. It's ridiculous. There's going to yeah. be a David Kaplan Farm Bureau bowl I, game. There already is. Season. Is there? Yeah, there is. Absolutely. It's just, just not, we're not playing football. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're doing something different. We're actually bowling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. No, I, I agree. Kevin Sumlin, I don't know where he's going to land. Maybe Tennessee. I don't know. The oh, whispers coming been, out of Florida State right now are Lane Kiffin. Well, and, and Thaggart. Out of Oregon. Out of Oregon. And then they have Willie Taggart's not going anywhere. Well, well, Florida State's Willie Taggart's not going anywhere. Willie Taggart is setting himself up for his next meeting with Phil Knight yeah. to get even more money. That's what this is about. Just like uh, Mike Gundy 
Went Dorn, out there and met with Tennessee. Like if you think Mike Gundy was leaving Oklahoma State to go to Tennessee, you're out of your rabid-ass mind. No, <laughs> there I agree with that one. There is no way that was going to happen. But Mike Gundy, just like all of us, has to renegotiate his contract and renew his contract every once in a while. I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. I've been most places in this country. Never Dude. been there. But I'm going to tell you what. He's from Florida. Uh, let me tell you about the, the Northwest Pacific, okay? Yeah. Um which is basically as far as you can go in the United States. But it is gorgeous. But if you like sunshine, don't go. Don't well, you ever go. The, you know that the pregnancy rates in Washington State are always amongst the highest in the entire country. And it's attributed to the rain. Right. Because people don't go outside. They're like, oh, we'll stay in. What are we going to do? Well, I don't know. <laughs> so, But Willie Taggart's not leaving Oregon. Willie Taggart's been there. Willie, Willie Taggart has nothing to gain by going to Doesn't Tennessee. Willie. Oregon at this point is – Oregon at this point is a better program than Tennessee. In, Wait, they're talking about going to Florida State. In, oh, to Florida State. I thought we were talking about yeah, Tennessee. Yeah. My fault. In, Maybe really, he would go to Florida State. He's from Florida. Well, not only that, though. See, and I apologize because I got off on a tangent. Right. Willie Taggart, Florida State, that's – hey, look at that USF program that he built that Charlie right. Strong's going to tear down. Right. I mean, Willie Taggart already knows his way around the coaching, the the high school coaches in Florida. That's interesting. So maybe that is the one program that could lure him away from Oregon. And so then my they have Summerlin, and then they have Summerlin going to Oregon, dude. Isn't Willie Taggart? I don't think Oregon. Kevin Sumlin has shown he cannot manage a big program. It, it Kevin right. Sumlin, Kevin Sumlin doesn't deserve to get another top flight job right now. I just feel that way. Now we talked about recruiting and the rest of that. Kevin Sumlin is an X's and O's guy. He's the opposite. He's the complete opposite of of. Jimbo Maybe he Fisher. becomes the assistant for. Uh, I think that's probably the most likely thing. I think he's going to end up Arizona being the State. offensive coordinator at fill in the blank Alabama wherever, right? And he'll do that for two or three well, years we and then resuscitate his career. Florida to, State to Lane Kiffin to Florida State. Lane Kiffin. If Lane Kiffin ends up at Florida State, will there ever in the history of college football? Been a guy that had more top shelf premier no jobs without winning anything. Mm-mm. Right. USC, Tennessee, and now Florida State, and that one thing. What had Jack? Fulmer did say he's not going to consider him. <laughs> he was in a, Well, Fulmer's calling the shots because he's the one that nixed. Wasn't he also in Oakland? Yeah, he was coach of the Raiders. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You're, he's blessed. I know. And his daddy was ten times the coach that Lane is. That's, and his daddy never got a head coaching game. Okay, none David of the Kaplan, big jobs worked out, though. David Kaplan in the break was bringing up, what, what should FSU do? Lane Kiffin is the only name that's left that I think would move the needle. Otherwise, I feel like they should just do an interim coach. Well, less aggregate. You can't, you can't, you can't do a year-long interim in a college program. It, you can't recruit that way. Right. You can't go in and say, well, hey, I want you to come well, on in, Johnny. We'll get you well, signed. I mean, you might, but I might not be You here. might want to talk oh. to Dabo about that. Yeah. So That's how he got the job. Hold on so, for a second. So you're going to set the program back, a proud program, by making the wrong hire. I'm going to tell you Tiger. right now, Willie Tiger would be the right hire. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you already yeah. said he's not going. No, so. I, I thought we were talking about Tennessee. I'm complete. I missed yeah. that Willie Taggart was being considered at Florida State. Willie Taggart to Florida State. Florida State needs to be on the, on the phone with every alum they've got. Putting those pennies together. Willie Taggart's a perfect fit. And I hadn't considered it because I didn't think he was going to leave Oregon. And Florida State may actually be able to come up with a package that is enough cheese that Phil Knight can't come up with enough money to keep Willie Taggart at Oregon. Willie Taggart is a Florida guy. He has had success at the University of South Florida. South Florida is a legit program 
Willie yeah. Taggart knows the ins and outs of recruiting in well, the state knows, of Florida. Well, that's what I was about Taggart's to say. Florida State is the guy. Lane Kiffin doesn't move the needle. That's got to be Florida State's number one choice. It has gotta to be. be. It's got to be. And weighed against one another. Dude, Willie Taggart accomplished more at USF in his tenure there for the few years he was there than Lane Kiffin has in his entire life well, as Not only coach. did he coach there, but he was born there. That's he, what I'm right. That's oh, what yeah, Dave's yeah, saying. He's a native foreign. Yeah, Willie yeah. Taggart, Florida State, is is – the, the higher. And that's what I was saying, a little weather difference compared to the Pacific Northwest. Exactly. We just we weren't. So we figured enough. it out. Florida State, make it happen. Lane Kiffin, anybody that hires Lane Kiffin. Maybe he go to Oregon. Dude, come on. Phil Knight knows He ain't better. playing with that. I don't know who – wouldn't it be interesting, though? Chip Kelly just, you know, got hired at UCLA. I wonder if Oregon would have liked to have Chip Kelly back. Well, I'll tell you this. If yeah. Lane Kiffin turns down the Tennessee job, put the whole state on suicide watch. Well, well, he says I, Phil Fulmer's not going to consider direction. Lane Kiffin. He also, Lane Kiffin's already been to Tennessee. You said Florida State or Tennessee. Oh, yeah. We Lane Kiffin's already been to Tennessee. Nobody wants You're to, talking hey, about Florida State. Okay, I got let, you. Yeah. Let, me, let me just state, nobody wants to go to Tennessee, period. Okay, I think so Phil, Fulmer, listen, Phil Fulmer will make it happen. Listen, get somebody ladies and gentlemen. If Dave Doran turns your job down, it ain't no good. Look. I've got two names for you. First of which, John Gruden. Don't believe that that conversation is done yet. Don't believe it. John Gruden, if if he gets his ego stroked just the right way, <laughs> maybe would go back. You know, the funny thing is, though, people are saying, well, uh, Herm Edwards, it's been nine years since he coached football team, blah, 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 blah. Are they going to say that if John Gruden takes a job? Because guess no. how long it's been since he coached a football team? Nine years. Let me tell you something. Really? If really? Nine Tennessee, years. If Tennessee gets Gruden, they will have officially thrown it through the donkey hole. <laughs> <laughs> they will have done they will have thrown it through the donkey hole. The other name though that I want you to keep your 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 ears open for, and I'm serious when I say this, Peyton Manning. Nah, you're crazy. Peyton Manning. I'm not crazy. There's a yeah. Peyton Manning's gotta make a decision. I think he's got bigger things. Well, on he's got to make that decision now. Does he have aspirations to run for governor, senate, whatever the case might be? Because if he doesn't, why not? It's too soon. Too he's got soon other what? stuff he wants to do. Well, what does he want to do? He's got plenty all, of time to make Papa yeah. John's commercials. Why would you ever what else does he want to do? Why would you ever want to risk the place you made part of your legacy in right. to be booed out of the stadium as a coach? Why he would you ever money. want to do that? I mean, it's not a money thing. Yeah, and listen, he could be a savior. Though. It's a legacy. He could be a savior. If you say that's not how Peyton Manning's mind works, not well. Why would I risk it? Peyton Manning looks at it. Can you imagine? As we got to finish this next week, but Peyton Manning, if he were to win a national championship at Tennessee, bro, come on, man. They'd rename the state after him. We love you guys. You've been listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.